There we go. Hey, y'all. This is LaTanya Moore, and you're listening to the CVH Podcast. Good morning. A little late this morning. Uh, Monday, July 19th. You're listening to the CVH Podcast. Um, again, from Richmond today. Uh, I'm doing something I never wanted to do. And now I have to do it. There's nothing I can do about it, but it has to happen. Uh, I, have, I drive a 30-year-old truck. I bought it four years ago, and I absolutely love it. It's a 1991 Mitsubishi Montero. It is a beast. This thing could drive through a wall without a scratch. And I have loved it since the first day I handed over a whopping 4000 in cash for it. Um, I'm so sorry to let it go. But life moves on. Things change. Uh, it's just not reliable enough. <laughs> I have loved it. And now I have to let it go. And um, uh, it's too bad. Uh, the, I bought it from a kid. I bought it from a kid who had recently uh, graduated college. And he had a girlfriend uh, in another state and he had like a four hour drive to her every weekend and, and he sold it because it was not terribly reliable. Uh, but he loved it too. It's hard not to love it. It's just like, uh, you know, I'm six foot four when I stand up straight and, and, um, it's, it's made for a large human being and nothing works. Radio doesn't work. The AC doesn't work. There's no navigation system. It's just like a truck. Point A to point B. It's so zen uh, when I'm driving it because there's nothing you can do. There's no distractions. There's only driving. It's not fast. It, it, it has a very hard time accelerating, but it's a beast. It, it dominates the snow. It dominates off-road. It could tow an 18-wheeler. Uh, and the, the kid who sold it to me, I mean, he was calling it Monty from the second I got there. It was so clear. He had like a tear in his eye as he was handing over the keys and he was so firm on the price. He was not going to budge on the price. It, he was like, look, you know, it's, it, the, the price is firm. If I can't get the price I want, I'm going to set it on fire <laughs> in honor of it. <laughs> and I can't help but to share that odd sentiment. Uh, it's just like a workhorse. I've never locked it. I've never worried about it. I've I've never washed it. Not once. Not once have I ever uh, washed it at all. It's just not what it's about. Uh, it's just a, a point A to point B. It's, it's something for me and my son to jump into and uh, go get hamburgers. You know, it's that kind of it's that kind of thing. And it, and you know, humongous storage. Anybody who owns a house knows that you're going to Home Depot like every other day, and uh, it's just awesome to just dump a bunch of stuff in there, never worry about it, big bags of mulch and dirt and, you know, flower pots and all these things. And just, it, it was a absolute, absolute beast, but it's just not reliable enough. And for whatever I paid for it, I've put that much into it, <laughs> replacing everything. Uh, but I am sad to see it go. And it gets a ton of looks. People always asking me about it or some, some guy my age, he's like reminiscing. His father had one of these and he loved it. And Anyway, so I got to let go of the truck. That's, um, it's too bad. It's funny. I, every time I've ever sold a car, I'm always, I feel like oddly nostalgic for it. What is that? Why are we like, why are we attached to these things? Uh, I don't know. You like create a memory. Like I remember my father, he had an old Buick 
gigantic Buick from the 70s, and it was his dad's car. And he drove me to my baseball games in it, and he, I just remember he loved it. And he took care of it, and it looked great, and it, and it ran great, but it was, it, it was starting to have problems, and it was you know moving into 30 years old, and, and he had to let it go. And I remember being upset. Like, I was just a little kid, and I was still upset. And uh, that, that sort of continues. Guys in their cars, it's a funny thing. And I don't want a new car. I don't like that. I don't like a new car. It's uh, completely impersonal. I don't, it has no, it's like, it's like buying, um, it's like buying a painting that, that, you know, you found, you don't know the artist and you don't know where the location or whatever it is. Like I, I, I like really personal things. Like I, I have a lot of paintings that I've purchased over the years, but I stood there and spoke to the artist before I bought it. Like it has to have meaning. Uh, and I think it's similar with the car. As soon as the kid was like, telling me what it meant to him and he had driven it through the mountains of Colorado when he was in college and it had taken him through the snow and he was calling it Monty, you know, he was, it had a nickname and, uh, as soon as he started like creating this, uh, romantic idea of what it was, I was like, I couldn't give him money fast enough. <laughs> I've never bought a new car. Uh, the thought of it repulses me. I, <laughs> I mean, not just from a ridiculous financial standpoint, but, um, just the something about it 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 uh, has no history it has no story and i and i'm i don't know what that is maybe i'm a snob uh yeah but that's um that's a funny thing a lot of things that i purchase in my life i don't i like it better when it has some history and story a piece of furniture or uh, a piece of art and and cars frankly uh but it's just not going to make sense it doesn't make sense anymore and it doesn't make sense to have three cars and two drivers and so um he's got to go and and somebody and I hope it goes to somebody who loves it like I do. Uh, I imagine I imagine it will. It's a workhorse. Absolutely drive through a wall. Not going to win any drag races uh, because it weighs literally weighs almost five thousand pounds. It's two and a half tons. Uh, but it could it could tow an eighteen wheeler and drive through a wall. Uh, it's a beast. I don't think they make stuff like this anymore. It's all just solid steel. Hardly any rust. I love it. I'm, I'm sorry to see it go, but that's what's happening. And so uh, I put it up on Craigslist. And I put it up on Craigslist. And within five minutes of the posting, I had three inquiries. Uh, I think it's going to sell in five seconds. I mean, it's obviously priced to sell. But, uh, anything with four-wheel drive at this price is a steal. So It's just got to go this week. That's all there is to it. Um, I hate to see it happen, but it's happening. Surrounded by boxes. Moving is a freaking stressful thing. I mean, just your your everything is in complete disarray. You've packed everything. You I mean, you still need to live a little bit, but uh we're in the last week in this house and just trying to like just close it up, you know? Uh it's it's um it's a daunting thing. And I read I read that moving is the second most stressful thing a human has to do, uh, divorce being number one. Divorce is the most stressful thing a human can endure, and moving is second. <laughs> Only divorce is more stressful than a move, uh, and and it's really something. I mean, you know, I I've got a big house here, and it's it's you know it's full of stuff. When you have when you have space, you fill it, and. Um, and and so that that's that's the situation over here and and um and so you just it's a it's an amazing opportunity to uh 
physically touch everything you have, go through everything you have, pick up everything you have. And so you can make some decisions. It's easy to be like, all right, (laughs) and I did this in my closet. There were no fewer than 15 suits in there. And 10 of them haven't been worn in five plus years. And and for varying reasons. I mean, I've got a lot of versions of myself. <laughs> Depending on what's my current size uh, status, um, you know, some are, some are easily fit into and some are not so easily fit into. And, and so I just had to make some real executive decisions. So if you're at the um, Goodwill in Richmond, Virginia, anytime soon, there is a shit ton of 46 long, 44 long suits <laughs> in pristine condition. Uh, just things that I'm, that I'm uh, not wearing anymore. I counted um, five different tuxedos in my closet too. Five. Only, only a classical opera singer, classical musician, would, <laughs> would have five tuxedos in his closet. And I'm sure I have friends who have more. Uh, but five is a lot for me, uh, considering I've only worn the same one for the last six or seven years. Uh, it's just one of those things, (coughs) excuse me. Uh, I'm finding it difficult to get my podcasts in, uh, during this time. I'm staying committed to this thing, but, um, you know, just even having my podcast equipment out feels wrong. Like I'm, I feel like I'm supposed to just pack this crap up because, you know, we're supposed to be packing up everything. Uh, there's a lot of help here. There's, there's, um, there's a, uh, a good work ethic in this house and uh, everybody's contributing and that's been that's been great and i'm and we're excited for the new adventure we're excited for the new place new neighborhood new restaurants new location new airport all that stuff uh, um, you know and the bulk of of why we're moving is because there's a, an incredible school opportunity for my son and um you know we kind of owe it to him to to uh, to do this uh, you know you're in a position to to give something to your kids, it's hard not to want to do that. Um, you know, we've only got one, and so it's it's hard not to. It's hard to come up with a reason why you can't do something for them. Uh, and you know, we're not trying to hand them the world, but um, if there's a if there's a place that he can thrive in, then then um, uh, we sort of owe that. We I think we owe that. So much of of my life, so many of the decisions that have been made. Uh, you know, home-wise, location, travel, money, all, everything. Everything has revolved around my career uh, for 20 years now. For 20 years, it has been about me, <laughs> which is surely the way I like it. But, uh, <laughs> but um, look, you know, opera singers, I, they're not narcissists, but they're borderline. And, and you sort of have to be to do what we do. And and so every decision has really revolved around work and my career and my job and my career path. And, you know, uh, we moved from, from Connecticut, you know, I was in school in Connecticut and then moved to Munich, Germany for uh, two years. Um, came back to Connecticut and then, you know, we, uh, we, we had lived in Chicago for two, almost three years in Chicago and then moved to Richmond and, and, you know, in between, I've lived in California a year of my life. I've lived in Paris a year of my life. Uh, you know, there, there's, I've lived in Toronto a year of my life. You know, there's, there's constantly this, this, um, pull somewhere else and it's all career based. Um, which, which frankly is the only way, you know, any of you young singers listening, uh, you have to go, you, you can't just, you can't wait for the work to come to you. Sometimes you've got to keep moving. And, and, um, I was not spared that either. And so, 
very often you just got to pack up all your shit and go. Uh, don't, don't feel beholden or loyal to any one city. Uh, sometimes you got to go. Uh, but this, this decision is for someone else and that feels good. <laughs> I'm, I mean, again, stroking my own ego by saying, look what I'm doing. I'm such a good dad. Uh, but, but it's for the first time, it's not about me. Um, my brother, <laughs> my brother, he says, uh, he says, oh, it's not about you. That must be tough. <laughs> I think my, my, uh, borderline narcissism is, <laughs> has always existed, uh, but, you know, admittedly so. So that's, again, I stroke my own ego by owning my bullshit, right? <laughs> See, I'm owning it. So then it's not really bullshit. <laughs> but it, it's nice. It feels good to to have it be about somebody else. And especially when it's your child and, and your son. And, um, you know, he, he, um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a special little one. And, all, and every, all parents think their kids are special, and they are. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, if you, if you have an opportunity to, to see them do really well or see an opportunity for them, that's great. You have to take it. Uh, and I remember my parents doing the same and they had three kids and it wasn't always easy, but, um, you know, if you see a child and they're, and they're good at something, you have to feed that a little bit. Uh, my dad was great. And he just said, uh, you do whatever you want to do in your life, do anything you want to do in your life, but make sure you do it as well as you possibly can. Uh, and he had no other requirements. He had no other uh, suggestions or stipulations, or you should go into finance or you should go in. He never said you should go into, because I think his dad did that. And it, and it, you know, it, it threw him off track for a little bit because he was trying to do what his dad did and that didn't work out because who can just do what their dad did. Right. Uh, you know, and then you're, you're chasing something that's, that's not really who you are. And, um, and so I, I, it's in me to just say to him, you do whatever it is you want to do, man, you know, to a seven-year-old, you just lay that on him. He's like, I want to be a fireman. You know, like, <laughs> I want to go into space. And then I was like, do you really want to go into space? And he goes, no. <laughs> uh, but, you know, what? I, I would like to provide an environment where anything is possible. Or at least or at least that's the narrative, you know, because, because life uh, sometimes dictates things for you. Uh, but you know we are we are the uh, the captain of the ship here, and and you get to make the choices. And so all I want to do is provide opportunity. I grew up on Long Island, and so I was so close to New York, I could I could smell the dream, I could see it. You know, uh, as a as a young teenager in high school, we would go into Manhattan, and I could just see this this action, these buildings, the lights, everything was so big and everything was so fast and it just looked like it could swallow you whole and it was so enticing. New York is intoxicating that way. And it's and it's filthy and it's amazing. It's five stars and dive bars. You know, like that's that's New York. And New York is meant to for you to be to not succeed. It's it's designed for you to quit. It's designed to beat you. And so there's this huge challenge when you get there. There's this this um, battle that's going on. It doesn't need you. New York doesn't need you. And, and so to that end, you feel that, uh, you know, you better kill or be killed. And, and I could feel that as a kid growing up, I could, I could see New York. I could sense it. My dad worked there. You know, he worked in the, uh, in the federal building downtown and, and, and he had a, he had a commute and he wore a three piece suit and he had a briefcase and it was all very, um, intoxicating as a kid, this, this place that was like breathing and living and, 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 you know, it, it offers everything and promises nothing. That's New York. 
it offers everything and promises nothing. And, and everybody gets there with that dream. And, and most people don't get to go too far past that moment. Uh, but if you need that, if you need that inspiration, if you need that challenge, if you need to create a sense of urgency, it's the place to be because for the first 10 years that I was ever doing anything in Manhattan, I was dead broke and that's not a great place to be dead broke. <laughs> so like, all right, well, I got $16 in my pocket. I got to get uptown and downtown. I got to get back on this train. I got to find some lunch. Like, <laughs> and you were just, you know, counting the seconds and, and New York still, it still has that sense of you know, you're going to need $3.5 million a year to, uh, to feel comfortable in this town. It's just, it's, it's this living, breathing organism of, of opportunity and failure. <laughs> it still is. I'm still enchanted. I'm, I'm still drawn to it. And, uh, a few days after I move up to DC, I'll be back in New York. I've got a, I've got a fun, uh, uh, photo shoot planned, um, that, that I can talk about later, but um, uh, for now it's just, um, uh, I'm actually doing a, a photo shoot for, for something that'll come out in the winter, and so I'll be <laughs> traveling to New York at the end of July with a suitcase full of winter clothes so I can, <laughs> so I can have my picture taken. Uh, I sweat when, it's, when the air conditioning's on, you know, like... <laughs> uh, and once it starts, it, it can't stop. Anybody who heard my... Uh, my my uh, birthday my birthday uh, uh, recital from a couple of weeks ago knows that once the sweating begins it's there's no stopping it uh, this will be interesting we're going <laughs> to we're going to have to be in a extremely ac place for me to um uh to not look like a like a a, a nervous convict in these photos <laughs> so packing selling my beloved truck how sad uh, that's the way it is. And then I'm going to buy something fucking baller. So that's how that goes. Uh, uh, this is the Monday show. I love you for listening. You knew that I'm keeping it short today because uh, a lot of stuff going on, but I'm here for you. And, uh, uh, won't be long before we're in Chicago, uh, doing, uh, Sir David McVicker's new Macbeth with, uh, Sandra, Sandra Rodvan and, um, and Enrico, Enrique Mazzola, which is, which is uh, exciting. And I love Chicago and, and um, uh, have lots of opportunity to have some people up in the studio for this. And by studio, I mean studio apartment because I'm staying in a studio. All right, everybody have a great week and uh, we'll see you on Thursday. Okay, bye. Wake up your sleepy head Put on some clothes, shake up your bed Put another log on the fire for me I made some breakfast and coffee Look out my window, what do I see? A crack in the sky and a hand reaching down to me All the nightmares came today And it looks as though they're here to stay What are we coming to? No room for me, no fun for you I think about a world to come Where the books were found by the golden ones Written in pain, written in all By a puzzled man who questioned What we were here for All the strangers came today And it looks as though they're here to stay Oh, you pretty things Don't you know
See their faces in golden rays. Don't kid yourself, they belong to you. They're the start of the coming race. The others are bitch. We finished our news. Homo sapiens have outgrown their use. All the strangers came today, and it looks as though they're here.